0: The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now, the message. All right, I want you to turn to book of Exodus. We're going to start a new series this morning. Uh, I think this will I don't know that I've ever made it through the whole book of Exodus and that's not our intention. We're going to kind of highlight the book, one of my favorite books, as we look at God's promises uh, to His chosen people. And as we discussed Wednesday night, how that promise was grafted in for the Gentiles in the New Testament. So we pick up here in the first part of Exodus in chapter 1. If you're taking notes, first I want you to write down four themes that you're going to see kind of repeated through the book of Exodus. One is God's protection. That God protects his people, protects from spiritual warfare, he protects from the physical realm, right, the natural world. If you're God's child, if you're a child of the king, then God's protection is warranted you throughout scripture. Now here's another, another part. If you are not a child of the king, if you are not a believer, those protections are not guaranteed you. Does that make sense? Everyone understand? Say Amen. All right, do you understand if you're not a Christian, God does not hear and answer your prayers. There is a vast abyss of sin separating you from his righteousness. You may be a created universal son, but you are not a specific, you are not a called son or daughter of the king or kings and lord of lords. Everybody understand? God is father of everyone by creation but He is Abba Father, adopted Father, to those that are redeemed. we on the same page there? Say amen. Amen. All right, let's keep going. So we got first the protection and then provisions. Whether it be God providing for His people as Joseph led them to Egypt during the famine, whether it be right the the pillars, whether it be the water and the rock, the quail, the manna, you're going to see when God's promises... Right, God's promise, we're gonna get to that word in just a second, always warrant His protection, and that protection also ushers in His provision. So anytime as God's people, we are following His will, we are following His direction, and we've got those passages in Scripture that says God feeds the sparrows, right? Now let's also consider, a sparrow does not necessarily have free will, a sparrow has instinct, right? A sparrow does not make moral decisions, a sparrow does not make ethical decisions, so if you think God's going to provide for you, when you go on this ramp of rebellion, you are in error. Do you understand? God is holy. God is just. In His holiness, He has a standard. In His justice, He ushers in discipline. So for us to say, oh, I trust God's promises, friend, I would encourage you, before you make that claim, to place yourself under the umbrella of His authority, lest you get wet. Everyone understand? Everyone understand? All right, let's keep going. So we have protection, provision, and then promises. I kind of went backwards on that one. So again, there's promises for God's children, right? Specifically, His special revelation, which is to the redeemed. Now again, He created everyone, but the promises in His Word are for the redeemed. Again, the sons and daughters of the Most High. I don't want to say this heartlessly. The only promises for the unredeemed are for basic provision and an eternity separated from the King of kings and Lord of lords. So again, if you're going to give me my option... Right? I'm not a risk taker in my life. You'll learn that over time. I believe faith is definitely a necessity in the life of a believer. But I also like to know what God says about something and just do what he says, right? It saves me a lot of time and heartache. So if I've got the opportunity as a thinking, logical, right, coherent intellectual being to choose a promise that is nothing but wrath. Or a promise of blessing. Now, what do you think I'd choose? But what amazes me is the amount of individuals that continue to rebel against the offering of God. You can have your sin and the wrath, or you can have my redemption, my forgiveness. Does that not seem like a pretty simple question? And let's look at it farther. As the redeemed, You can live according to my standards and have my promised protection provision. Or you can rebel against my word, son, daughter, and you're going to be punished, right? It's not that hard to understand, is it? But yet it's every day, it seems, As though sometimes the most indignant and calloused toward the Lord are the redeemed. The most unfriendly, impatient, unkind crowd at a restaurant. You know what the waitresses say? Sunday afternoon. So here's the deal. If you're a member of this church and you're going to go out to eat you something, you better put on a happy, patient face. All right? Because if I roll up in—I and mentioned I was on a diet— Everybody's got me so scared about the heat in the winter, or the summer, not in the winter. I'm afraid I might die. So I've just determined if I lost, you know, 100, 120 pounds, I'd probably be in better shape. And I don't know if y'all have had that, that diet chicken sandwich at Popeye's yet. There's no such thing. Uh, but I've had four of them this week. And um, Oh, so the other night, so we're still getting these things. I made a batch of crawfish. And it is important that you measure the seasoning, okay? Because um, I, I made my first batch. Now, this is not going to go the way you think. The first batch, almost tasteless. And I thought, well, that ain't going to work. So we got some crabs there from the ditch in the backyard. And we just going to cook them, and I thought, I'm going to spice these babies up. Now, if I'm going to spice them up, what would be more refreshing than a chilled Watermelon. I put so much seasoning in that water when I was stirring it. <laughs> right? It started with a pain or, or just around here. And then it ended up somewhere way back here. And I thought, this is going to be bad. <laughs> it's a good thing. I've got that watermelon in the freezer. Guys, you realize how dumb we are. All right, I got a little issue with heartburn because I'm getting old and everything's falling apart. And so I thought, you know, I better go take an extra pill. So I went in there, and I don't think you're supposed to do this. It, it, let, let, me, let me put it this way. If you're so dumb, you're going to eat something that requires you to double your medication, it's probably best you just don't eat it, right? I mean, so I, I took one another one. i them. like, oh, I'm ready. Well, it was lunch, and boy, I tore in a few of them crap, and they was hot. And then I got into that ice cold watermelon. I couldn't turn. I was like an old hog at the trough. Well, that spice causes heartburn, and so does watermelon. I've never been more miserable in all my life. Point of the story read the instructions, right? God's given the instructions. He says, if you do this any other way, it's going to turn out, but it, you're not going to like the way it's going to turn out. It's going to bring pain and misery because I've told you exactly what you need to do. We haven't even started the sermon yet. <laughs> We're still an intro. Uh, and then last, punishment. Guys, when you rebel against God's standards, there's got to be discipline. So you can't look at God. Because God's told you, right? You walk righteously, he'll favor and honor you. You disobey him, rebel against him, there there will be discipline. And that shouldn't surprise us, but it still angers us. And so if you've been rebelling against God's standards, and you find yourself in a place of life that you really didn't want to be, whether it's, man, just, Eric, nothing's working out. My marriage is not right, my kids finances aren't working works not. I'm just miserable I would ask you when or have you left him not salvifically but have you abandoned his commands have you abandoned his standards are you living to pursue his person or have you gone on your own and friend you go on your own you're going to get some crab that's way too hot right (laughs) anyway I'm I'm hungry y'all We're going to start bringing some donuts or something. Exodus chapter 1. You ready to go? Say amen. I'm going to ask you to stand out of recognition for his infallible, inert word, serving as the final authority on all matters of faith and practice. You didn't come this morning for my opinion, but for the truth of his word. So here we go. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Each came with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of Jacob's descendants was 70. Joseph was already there in Egypt. Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation eventually died. But the Israelites who had followed there were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king come into power who did not know or remember about Joseph. He was now king in Egypt. And he said to his people, Look! Look out across there. The people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Now we must consider, let let us deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they'll continue to multiply. And when or if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and they'll leave the country. So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramses as supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread or fear the Israelites. They worked the Israelites ruthlessly and made their lives bitter with difficult labor and brick and mortar and all kinds of field work. They ruthlessly imposed all this work on them. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we come to you this morning again grateful to gather in your house with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray that our worship, our passion for you is a sweet aroma in the nostrils of the heavens. And the Lord, your spirit would descend with a fresh wind and a fresh fire to purify the iniquities out of our life. To focus our lives, our hearts, our passion on who you are. Lord, as a a result of being in your house, we love you more. We love our spouses more. We love our children. We love our jobs more. We love the community more. Because Lord, what a blessing life is. May we live to celebrate every moment and give you glory for it. Lord, we thank you for this story. I pray that its truths, its principles... Its commands find their way into the application of our lives. Lord, may we all be integrally integrally involved in the economy of your eternal kingdom. And to this end, Lord Jesus, you deserve all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. You be seated. So we start here in in Exodus. I just want you to see three things this morning. And I'm going to have you on your way. I know you're already thinking about food. So am I. Let's go to Exodus. I want you to see first, God keeps His promises. So we pick up here with the nation of Israel, who had total been in bondage. That most of the theologians say, scholars say, around four hundred and thirty years. Now, obviously, there was some amount of time that the Israelites were not necessarily enslaved because of the context of the passage. It says, or we, we know that right. Jacob and his family were having trouble with food. Joseph went into Egypt. We remember his brothers bringing the sacks of grain and all kind of that drama. But we also remember Joseph staying true and righteous to God's word, right? So what we have here in the beginning of the story is God's favor on the Israelite people, but also God's favor on Joseph. So Joseph was renowned throughout Israel and throughout Egypt. Because he was an upright man, in whatever accusations anyone ever brought up against him, they didn't stand. Friend, if you're a person of character, integrity, and morality, it does not matter what accusations, they cannot stand because God will honor the truth. Does that make sense? But if you have no integrity, if you have no character, if you have no morality, the whole world will see it in a heartbeat. Does that make sense? All right, let's keep going. So we've got... Nation of Israel. So, what's beginning to happen is Joseph and the respect that the nation of Egypt had for him and what he had right, contributed. But also, he brought these Israelites in. And so, he had a melting pot of culture, which was very desired at this time. But then, something began to happen God's people continued to multiply. To a point, so we've got the nation of Israel, which obviously symbolizes God's favor, God's power, God's promises. And you've got the nation of Egypt, who unfortunately kind of symbolizes evil, oppression, wickedness. And so also remember, our lives always symbolize something. You cannot go through life and not have an impact for one side or the other. So we pick them back up here. So Joseph has died, and it says, so from whatever point Joseph and whatever few generations were in there, a king came into to be who did not know about Joseph. So uh, there was an agreement just out of respect and appreciation. Kind of like you've got two nations coming together. Everyone in the Israelites listened to Joseph. Everyone in Egypt listened to Pharaoh. So they just kept a good relationship to keep peace and unity. Well, when the visitors, right, when the pilgrims come so numerous, the motherland decides, oh, this is not going to work because we have seen everything Come together for these Israelite people. God's favor, God's protection, God's provision—you can't harm them. He, his hands on them, and it's getting a little frustrating because what they're saying is, if anything, anything happens, they'll beat us. They will beat us. Now, you also need to recognize and respond to the fact that all the demons and nymphs of hell know they' about to get beat, right? God's people are marching. We've always been marching, and we're marching to a destination, and that destination is the promised land, right? So we are much more like the nation of Israel than what we most of the time take into consideration. Well, so this new Pharaoh comes in, and again, they decide to be cruel, but I want you to see first, God keeps his promises. It says, and let's look at it in verse 7 here. But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous, so the land was filled with them. And just like I told you, the new king who didn't know about Joseph came into power and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. The church, and this is, right, Israel represents the bride, the church, God's chosen people, the bride's on the move. We had better prepare opposition or they're going to get out of hand. You know, I often wonder, I believe in spiritual warfare. Do you say amen, please? All right. I don't know how it transpires. But when we read the story of Job, what is so interesting is that Satan goes into, right, the throne room and poses a question to the Almighty. Now, well, have you considered Job? And and I trust you know the story of Job. We know how that went. Now, let's look at it a little differently for the church to advance the church has to have the intention to advance intention perseverance and passion so here's what I wonder when the demons and nymphs met this morning in the pits of a hopeless hell did they consider your resolve and my resolve as opposition to them or parallel to them because I can't help but think that right the scripture says that the claps and the songs of his people are torture to hell so Satan is going to do everything he can to deter God's people from advancing would to God that our passion for his worship and the knowledge of his word shake the depths of hell and cause them to send an army against us? Or are we no threat whatsoever? Let's keep going. So God's promises, number two. I want you to see the world's broken promises. So you know the nation of Israel was feeling pretty good, right? Joseph was their hero. Everything is going really good. And Israelites, we're going to see a lot lot of up and downs. Just like we have in our lives, we all have challenges, we all have struggles, we all have mountains, we all have valleys. But the nation of Israel thought, you know, we got made because Joseph was our man. What I want you to see here is any time you have confidence in any flesh and blood in this world, those days will come to an end. The nation of Israel had security in the person of Joseph. What happened? Joseph Died. Your salvation cannot be dependent upon your husband, your wife's faith, the faith of your children, the faith of your mom, or the faith of your dad. You will give an account for your belief in the Lord before Him and Him alone. Friend, because people come and people go. And hey, the nation of Egypt had a deal, a bargain, right? A treaty to some capacity. With the, between the Israelites and the Egyptians. And, and this, this didn't hold up. It didn't hold up. So if you're the Israelites, what happened? God abandoned you. No. Your faith is, was in your agreement with a man and between nations, not between you and God. Because God promised, right, to deliver the nation of Israel. And uh, it took... In whole 430 years. So we'll get to that next week. And last, persecution cannot impede his promises. We've had a lot of young families over the years, a lot of families in all ages, kids, no kids. And you know what? God always calls us, I think, to a place of obedience. God certainly wouldn't call you to a place where he desires you to be less obedient, right? That's not consistent with the commands or his character. So, have you ever noticed in life, whenever you commit to live more righteous, it seems like the gates of hell just open up? I mean, I, if you can t- test me, I mean, I don't know how many people have told me, Eric, you know, we, we've not been faithful, you know, financially, guys, and that's a command. You, you can get upset with me for talking about it if you want to, but. That's in his word. If, if you're struggling financially, I, I would ask you, are you faithful financially? So, that they make these commitments that, that Eric, we're going to align our life. We're going to align our investments, and we're going to start coming to church more. Our marriage isn't exactly where it's supposed to be, and we're going to start really working on that. And you know what happens that next week? Man. Anytime God's people decide to come under his commands, Satan is not going to let that be easy. And so, friend, my first question would be, what needs aligned? The second would be, do you love the Lord enough to persevere? Because it's it's easy to say, right? Right. And just like the nation of Israel, what we most often do, I've been guilty of it. Remember when you was a kid? Lord, forgive me if, if you just I'll tell you what I did one. We got a few minutes. Might need a bigger clock. My eyes are going. Well, I was getting him these weekly reports. Remember the folders? I don't know. Do they still do those? Every Friday, I got this folder. And I'd get on the bus, and I'd prepare for what was going to happen when I got home. Now, I'd thumb through that baby. And I got to mess around a little bit in class. I was just having fun. I like to have fun. And there was a D+. Plus. And I thought, ooh, I'm going to get in trouble for that. That ain't good. That was easy. So I kept going through there, and there was a couple more C's. By the time I got home, I had straight A's in that folder. And so mom asked me where my folder was, and I showed it to her. It was a few short, but she didn't catch it. I got to do whatever I wanted to. Went to my buddy's house. I mean, I was living the high life. Next week, I figured out. I don't even have to do a lot of my work. I'll just throw it out. So, man, I just decided I was going to color. I was having fun in class. Got on the bus. Boy, there was a bunch of bad grades this time. So I started thinking, she's going to start figuring this out, probably. But I've already committed. Then... I did not think about something. It's called progress reports. <laughs> so, mom went to the teacher. And the teacher apparently expressed her concern over my attention. And my mom couldn't understand how I got a D, so she went to the teacher. And so before she went to the teacher, she was like, Eric, you have a D in English. I'm like, mom... I don't know. <laughs> Mom went to the teacher's meeting, right? Parent teacher conference. Mom came back, and I can assure you, the fury of heaven was poured out on my little rear end because <laughs> I got caught in a bald face lie justifying, right, my sin because I thought I was getting away with it. Now, here's how dumb I was. She's eventually going to get a grade. But I had convinced myself that that was the most brilliant scheme I had ever imagined. I don't think we get a a report card or folder sent home. But God gave you instructions. And he says, right, favor and blessing come from obedience. And we're trying to still hide a whole bunch of things. Guess what? Parent-teacher conference is coming. You can't get away from it. Do you really think you're going to hide from the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you again for the opportunity and the privilege in our assembly. And Lord, the value in our assembly is not not in the, in the people in our worth, but in your worth. And I thank you for everyone that's gathered. And again, Lord, I, I know that we spoke of discipline. Lord, of righteousness and blessing, of favor and promises. But Lord, we do. We, tr- we try to hide. We, we try to pretend. And Lord, what's, what, what do you got to do? We put our hope and our faith in people rather than in your person. So I, I pray as we enter a time of invitation that, that your spirit would just move. I'm going to ask everyone if they would just join me in standing. We're not going to drag on an invitation. I, just, I feel like if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is leading you to do something, it's high time you do it. So I'm going to be right up here um, at the front pew. If you'd like me to pray with you, or if you'd like to know, or accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior again, it's not my faith. It's not the faith of your spouse. It's your faith, right? It's your faith, friend. If there's something in your life that you need to deal with, the decisions you need to make, the altar is open for you to pray. Holy Spirit, move, change us, set our hearts on fire. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bv bch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.